Okay, guys, uh, look at this, another special episode. I love this guest. We talked about him, with him before previously for uh, probably half an hour, jumped on a phone call, and we discussed a few things, and I'm just happy to talk with him. His name is George, uh, and Angela, again, is, she's not here, as you mentioned. She's having some duties but at the moment, but uh, maybe we can pull this off next time. But they both live in Western Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh and in uh, Greece. Greensburg, sorry. They started investing in Western PA almost four years ago and now have 158 units with some uh, partners as well. Uh, as well. Form, form Progressive Property Investments, which is their management company with four employees and manage all their assets for other investors. Currently, both have W-2 jobs and George is the CEO of YMCA of Greensburg. Again, I have to mention four kids and again, that's what at the moment, Angela is looking for, right? So busy, busy. She's busier than us right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got it. So again, appreciate it, George. You know, thanks for, you know, joining this podcast interview again. You know, as you spoke before, like you have a lot of experience, knowledge in real estate space. You did a lot of great things. And like if, if people will want to have more in-depth questions or something, they can reach you out. We're going to put a lot of, you know, links for, for them, for you to, uh, for them to reach you out. But uh First of all, can you tell people a little bit of your story? How did you start investing in real estate? Yeah, sure. You know, real estate was always something I was passionate in. Uh, you know, I grew up in, you know, you know, as a you know farming family, and you know, had a lot of exposure to different trades, and you know, so mason tender, electrician, you know, so I was always involved with construction and buildings, and uh, you know, I kind of started by accident in '05 when I got my first job. Out, out of out of school, I uh, bought a little bungalow myself as a bachelor, and had two of my buddies move in and charged them four hundred dollars in rent. And one of them lived in the basement, and I was like, "Wow, this is great! These guys are paying me enough to to pay my mortgage and and then some." And um, we decided to keep that little bungalow after my wife and I married, and we decided to buy a foreclosure and our future home. Uh, we we you know had nostalgic you know uh, because it was our first house we lived in together and it was right across from elementary school so we knew it would be easy to rent and I just fell in love with it from there I, I knew that wow look if someone's paying my mortgage off and you know it's from a depreciation standpoint in your tax return it was great uh, when you fast forward to 2012 uh, we moved uh, uh, about three and a half hours away from South Central PA down by Gettysburg we moved out towards the Pittsburgh market in Greensburg where we're at now for my job at the Y and we kept both of those houses, the, the very first one and the, the second one that my wife and I first bought together as rentals. We got out here and we're out here for a number of years. And, you know, it's the typical, you know, you sit and have your monthly budget talks with your spouse about travel and, you know, saving for this and saving for that. And, you know, I just said, you know, instead of us focusing on, you know, pennies as far as expenses, what can I do to um, change our life? What can I do to improve our revenue stream and uh we we decided to get into the real estate market now we did that because uh, i seen at the y uh that there was opportunities you know at the ymca it's an old uh, big building 100 year old building downtown and the ymca's were created uh, back in the day as a shelter for men so the top two floors of our ymca um, are actually student housing we had uh, 32, uh, 24 rooms, 32 beds at the Y. And I heard these horror stories from these kids that were living on off campus at other landlords' places that they were just not great. 
so I kind of did a market analysis of what's going on in the area. You know, I kind of looked into, do I want to flip, do I want to wholesale? And I just fell in love with the multifamily aspect of it by listening to the podcasts and, and doing a little bit of reading, you know, uh, light reading as far as um, just different uh, publications that had things are out there. And so uh, we decided to jump in and we used the equity in our home uh, here uh, in Greensburg. We bought a fund, I get another foreclosure and fixed it up and had about $100,000 in equity. And then we started our uh, multifamily investment portfolio in um, spring of 16. Wow, that that's a super awesome story. I mean, starting like, because, you know, I love the story, by the way. And when I ask a lot of people, that was strange, because, you know, I thought you're going to mention like Rich Dad Poor Dad, because everybody mentions the book, like, oh, I discovered the book, and then I got involved into real estate somehow. But you actually discovered it yourself, like, oh, my God, like these, these, you know, my friends are paying down my mortgage. And it's like, it, it made a sense for you. So it wasn't the book, it was it was basically through your personal experience. It was. Yeah. And, you know, the YMCA has a nice retirement plan, which is great. And I'm like, well, how else can we do we get into the stock market? How else do we want to use our resources to have a good investment pro strategy? Yeah. And I just love the idea of having a physical building. That's my building right there. I can drive by it. I can touch it. Uh, we, you know, force appreciation by improving in ourselves. Cause again, that background that I have, uh, growing up and, and knowing a lot of the trades, you know, you're calling a lot of favors from friends. You, you have the skill set yourself to do things. You have the ability to know what contractors are good, what contact contractors are bad based on our own personal skill sets. And uh, so that's kind of why we got in, got involved in it. And then from there, this, the, the cash flow and uh, everything else that we've been able to see has just been fuel to the fire to continue to grow and grow and grow. So that's kind of mm -hmm. our story in a nutshell. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay. So now people are watching and probably some of some of you are thinking like, okay, good, good for good for you, you know, like you're, you're having all this business and you know, 158 units. Um, again, it's it's amazing. But you know, the people who are watching thinking like, okay, so what will be the first steps for me if I still have a full time job? And you know, how do I even get started in real estate? Like, would you have any advice, you know, because you've been in a similar position, probably yourself when you started, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the biggest thing is to, is to learn and become educated. I think the first step is for them is listening to your podcast, writing things down. Um, mm -hmm. I used to listen to podcasts on the mower and I'd stop and have a little notepad and I'd stop and I'd take notes either in the notepad or, uh, or I'd save notes on my phone. I still have them on my phone, even it's the third phone, you know, since then, but you just got to listen and learn and then have conversations with people that, um, are in the business, uh, whether it's a mentor or just someone that, that's involved in real estate, invite them for a cup of coffee, buy them a beer, you know, treat them to lunch and just ask them things and be a, be a sponge. And then to take action, um, you know, find some resources, whether you borrow it, you save it, you have an equity in your home, you got, you know, you're going to need some, some sort of money initially, unless you start getting into syndication, which is a whole nother conversation. And, uh, you know, so how we started again, we had some equity in our home and we used it. And, and then once that dried up, we, you know, we begged, barred and steal. We ran our own credit cards up, personal credit cards to get us properties that we knew we wanted to, to take down. So, um, you just got to start and you gotta, you gotta learn, you gotta educate yourself. And then, uh, you gotta find the resources both from a time standpoint and also resources. Got it. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's very important. The one thing that you mentioned again, that education has to be there because there's a certain lingo depending on 
which category you want to fall in because there is different asset classes available for, you know, people to go into. But, you know, you have to learn. But the second thing, which is more important sometimes is to take action because there's, again, there's a lot of information and people sometimes they get, you know, uh, analysis paralysis and they think, well, I still don't know a lot of things. And like they, they don't make, you know, that first step into, into the business actually. So what will be the first step? So what do you recommend? Because again, there's a lot of information. So kind of a first thing for somebody who is watching, they're fresh, they don't know anything about real estate. Don't, we're not going to talk about investment criteria called multifamily wholesaling flip. It doesn't matter. What, what's the first step that they should take from now? Well, I think again, find people that are in the business and uh, develop, develop relationship you can follow people on, uh, on, on Facebook and they, you know, a lot of people are out there. They're putting, that's how you and I met, you know, yep. they're putting out content and you got to, got to be a sponge. You got to listen to it. Um, you can go to uh, meetups uh, in your local area. There's typically a lot of those popping up going around and then also, you know, go to conferences. You know, I went to my first conference just this past summer uh, and some of the content I already knew, but it was an opportunity for us to meet people. So sometimes there's people like myself that are actually active investors and there's other folks that are coming to learn or they have, they have resources and they understand real estate is an awesome platform for them to diversify their portfolio, but they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to, they want to go, they want to find somebody knowledgeable like, like myself or other investors and they want to learn about them. They want a, a partner and uh, that's how they get involved by, by putting up the capital. Mm -hmm. We formed a partnership and we're working on a 30,000 square foot, uh, three-story apartment building right now with an investor from New York that we hit it off while we were in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, he came out to visit uh, Greensburg, the area that we're in, and spent about three days with us, met my family, met my team, uh, seen our areas, seen some of our properties that are finished, some of them that aren't. And then at that point, he, he decided he wanted to be part of a deal that I had taken down. So. That's how you do it. You just got to start and, and meet people and take action. Yeah, got it. And your partner, the, the one who's from New York, is it going to be, he's not going to be active in the deal, right? He's not. No, nope. yeah. we have a weekly call. I'll just update him where we're at the process. You, you got to love in today's day and age, you, you could take a video while you're walking through a property or you, you can yeah. FaceTime or, you, you know, Zoom like we're doing now. And he's, he feels that he's, you know, here because we, we have weekly communication you know, you blind carbon copy in and emails and carbon copy and emails. So he just sees what communication is going out for me to vendors and banks and what have you. So, yeah. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. Totally. So again, guys, like there is capital available now and everybody's talking. There is less of good deals available again, because where we are in the market cycle currently and there's more capital available. So, you know, so you can always find the money to buy the deals, but again, you need the right knowledge. First of all, you need the right connections. You need to know the lingo, like all these things, but okay. Looking at the market cycle again, uh, there's a lot of people, you know, saying, Oh, I should just wait it out until we're going to hit the bottom and just start investing then. So what do you think, you know, personally, from your standpoint, is it the right time to invest into real estate right now? You know, I'm bullish. I think it's always the right time. You know, you just got to be careful. Um, some of the, the markets that are on the coasts, you know, you typically have a lot of appreciation and then stabilization, but it depends on where you're at. The Midwest, you know, in the, in the middle of the country is typically, you know, pretty conservative. You know, you don't see appreciation, you know, it's too significant. So I say, yeah, 
you never want to buy an asset based on uh, appreciation speculation. It's always about the cash flow. So as long as the cash flow makes sense, uh, you definitely got to get in, got to get in the game. It's like the stock market. Everybody says, "Well, I'm going to wait till it wait till it goes, wait till it goes," and then you're, next year you know it continues to grow. And what if I just would have gotten in? I remember back in the day when I could get uh, you could get uh, Netflix stock for a, a dollar, and now <laughs> it's like, yeah, should exactly. I wait? Should I wait for it to go down? And so you just got to get in. You got to make sure you make smart decisions. Uh, I'm an, I'm an active investor and there's a lot of other people that are active investors that are, that are continuing to buy inventory. But you just got to be careful. You got to buy at the right price and uh, you got to make sure the cash flow is there and be very relatively conservative in the projections in some of your, and uh, some of your projections. Definitely, definitely. Because you know, you, you look from the perspective, you actually go out there and buy a existing business. You know, you, you look for that cash flow. And again, that's when people like don't make that decision to go in the market because again, they are, they feel like they're not educa educated enough, you know, sometimes to make that decision. Because if you will be in a market long enough, if you ever went through the cycles, let, let's say 2008, you probably would know like what to do in this market cycle right now. Like you would know probably I would need to invest and you know, like it doesn't matter we're up or we down, like, cause you already sophisticated. You know, or you need to surround yourself with people and the team who are sophisticated and can make those quality decisions, you know, because for the people, again, you know, people are watching and thinking like, oh, my God, like everybody's investing. They, they see these new investors in Facebook groups popping up like mushrooms like every day. And it's like everybody's going in like, but who, who me? Like, I don't have the connections, capital. And, you know, it's still available. Like if you just get creative and, you know, just go out there and just make things happen, it, it's going to happen. Right. So coming back to your investment criteria, can we talk about like you, you talked about a couple of markets that you're investing in. So how do you pick the right uh, markets and the investment deals? Can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I follow the one to one ratio and meaning um, if I see an asset that's a hundred thousand dollars, I need, I know I need to uh, at least get a thousand dollars of rent. You know, some people like the 1.25. Um, so again, if I see a duplex for a hundred thousand, I know, Hey, listen, I need to get at least a thousand dollars and rent out of that place. Um, typically what I'm seeing is much more than that 1.5, almost two. Um, so again, I won't even look at, I won't even, you know, look at a property unless it hits the one-to-one. -one. And then from there, I want to even dive into it deeper to find what other opportunities are there. Are the rents too low? Is there, what kind of CapEx do I need to put into the property? Those sorts of things. So have an understanding of what your market is, what's your, if I'm going to buy it per door, uh, what if it's turnkey? What does that look like for five, you know, forty, fifty thousand? Or if I needed to do some capex and need to do some renovations to it, you know, it's twenty-five thousand dollars a door. So know what those numbers are, so that way you can quickly analyze a deal, and then from there you can go in. What's the utilities look like? Are they separated? Do the tenants pay those? What's the taxes? You know, those things uh, are really important pieces to to navigate once you do that real quick analysis of the the sale price and what you could generate from it from rent mm -hmm. okay got it so what about some states again i know there is people watching from europe for from the states as well so is there any states that you would never invest in like yeah the you know the west coast you know that california is just crazy expensive yeah it's just again appreciation speculation there um florida is getting i love florida uh, I'd like to have a lot of assets in Florida, but Florida is getting pretty expensive. New York is tough. Boston area is tough. Mm -hmm. Again, 
you tend to see a lot more uh, appreciation in the values of your properties going up uh, quite a bit there. But the, but for what the asking price is, to what you're able to get in rent is really tough. You got to also look at uh, landlord tenant law. You know yeah. what states you know are landlord friendly or uh, you know resident friendly. Um, so those are, are important factors to take to take into consideration. For example, my wife and I we we love where we're living. We love you know Pennsylvania, but we would love to go to Florida. Uh, we have an, a market that we've identified that we'd like to live in, close proximity to the beach and to Disney and airports and other cities. Uh, but the the value of properties there and the returns aren't nearly what I'm getting here in Greensburg. So as much as I'd like to have properties in that area around where we're going to live, it doesn't make fiscal sense to put resources there where I could put resources up in Greensburg and get double the type of returns. So it's just something we got to be careful with uh, when, where you are investing. Got it. So what will be an option for you in, in this particular scenario? Are you going to wait it out or what, what, you, what you're planning to do? Yeah, the plan is we're still very uh, aggressively pursuing relocating, you know, down into the, into the, the Florida, uh, Florida area to raise our family. Uh, my wife would continue to do her W-2. And at that point, I would, you know, more than likely retire from my W-2 job as the CEO of the Y and uh, go down there and continue to work on my business, uh, progressive property investments through uh, doing syndications, managing from afar. We have the resources here in town, an infrastructure where if I need to come up, I can to check in on the guys and, and the, the assets, but we can continue to grow up in this market while I'm living somewhere else. So you don't have to invest where you live. You have to invest where it makes fiscal sense. And also you need to have a team in place, whether it's partners, whether it's asset managers, property management, et cetera. So we feel we have a really strong team here. So we don't necessarily need to be here. I was in Florida for Disney for seven days and I was still checking on my phone. I was doing FaceTime talk with my guys going through a major renovation at one of our projects right now. So we were able to do all that from afar. So there's no reason why you need to invest where you live. Oh yeah, definitely makes sense because I heard this when I got involved into business myself personally, uh, well, di different business that was, uh, but that was about three, four years ago. And I remember one of the partners said, who, whoever is going to planning like quitting on the business, they're like dumb because now is is easier and easier to do business due to, to technology. And now is definitely like four years later, look at it where we are right now, like FaceTime, Facebook, like everything. There's so much like software is available for real estate businesses that they can manage properties remotely and just kind of a, you know, like it's, it's, it's amazing. So it it's, really is. it's awesome. But there's probably still some, risks involved so can we talk about that you know for the new people who are looking to get involved into this space can you talk about the risks that are associated with investing sure it, again you have to buy the, at the you have to buy at the right price and you have to uh, be conservative with your projections it's much easier to to be conservative uh with your revenue projections and then then you exceed expectations versus inflating those projections just to make sure they make sense on paper, but then you're held accountable to either yourself or your investors, whoever you're dealing with. So I would say be very conservative with your revenue projections and aggressive with some of your expenses. Uh, I call it sandbagging, but again, it's better to do that versus painting this lofty picture and then not being able to execute on that, on that vision. Get to, the, get to know the neighborhoods. One block this way or that way in a, in a city could really be a difference between a really good asset and a not 
not well, a, a not a good asset, a non-performing asset. You know, we had uh, an investor reach out to us who loved the idea of real estate. He is an executive for a, you know a big company here in the Pittsburgh market, and he was talked into buying a property. Had no idea what it was. Never came on location to look at it. Didn't even get in some of the units, and he was taking the property down on a Friday and reached out to me on a Wednesday and said, Hey, I heard that you do property management. Can you manage this asset for us? I'm like, well, sure. But let's, so, you know, buying site on scene and not necessarily knowing the areas is, you know, a challenge. And if he wouldn't have found us, he'd been, been trying to manage this asset. And that's what I see a lot of people's struggles with is they get in and they don't know what they're getting into. And they realize, oh, you know, I really don't want to be a landlord. I want to be called when there's a, plumbing issue i don't want to be called when then you know, the tenants up in the front duplex don't get along so you know just be mindful of like you know what you're getting into and if you don't necessarily want to have those calls make sure you have property management in place and a good property manager in place okay so that's kind of answer my, my next question so people should instead of uh, managing properties themselves they should hire a property management if it makes sense you know in a bottom line yeah i think it's it's up to the end individual so me i yep manager on asset because I have a background in construction. So I knew enough to go and take care of things if I needed to, or I'd be able to hire the right people to take care of them. So that's why I, I wanted to touch them. I wanted to be the person the tenants knew. Um, but some people don't have that skill set, or nor do they want to have that burden. So it is important for the have that understanding that yes, you're not going to be as profitable by having third party management, but then your time and stress and all these other things yeah. you have to put you had to put some weight to that. Okay, I'm gonna be giving up 10% of my gross rent if I had property management, but then I only have to deal with that property manager and I just have to log in, check the portal, see any work orders, and then check, collect my money versus having to go through all the other things. So it really depends on what that individual is looking for. I recommend people getting in and getting their hands dirty and understanding their asset and understand that piece. But it gets to the point where they may not want to, and they just want to have, they want to get 90% of the gross rents and, and not have to deal with any of that. So it depends mm -hmm. on what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, like you, some of the guys that are watching this interview right now, do you probably seen some of the people like on YouTube as well, you know, talking about real estate investing and there's, you know, again, different asset classes, but bigger makes sense. Definitely more, you know, like having 100, 158 units currently, you probably, uh, you know, not probably you have a management company, you know, that works for you. Again, you're not paying like the people would not pay three, you know, 10%. They probably would be 3% from gross, right? So, I mean, the percentage is going to be, the number is going to be smaller and you're going to make sure like this company is going to definitely take care of the property. Well, sometimes it does happen. Like you, you're going to come through and, you know, they're not managing properly. You're going to get another one, but it's going to be definitely maintained better than, you know, a company that you're going to get, you're going to pay them 10%. And this guy's going to look how to make a bunch of shortcuts because there's not enough money, you know, that he collects. So, you know, like it doesn't make sense, but people have to start somewhere. Like you mentioned, you know, the duplex that you just, you know, the, the first deal that you bought. So, and you know, there is a way I think, you know, like that people can make a shortcut like, again, talking about syndications, people can, you know, acquire big deals, but they have to find the right partners. And first of all, they have to be either, again, a broker, you know, involved into real estate, have that background or have a real estate, sorry, have a business background and make sure that, you know, they understand how to run a business. So, you know, and education and everything has to be in line as well. So, okay. So what about people who are 
looking to get started again there's a lot of people talking about mentoring other people there's like you know you can get like mentor for 20k 50k up to 100k i don't know there's like you know there's mentors all over the place now so do you recommend somebody who's fresh to get a mentor from a get-go or should they like learn everything by themselves well i think it should be a combination you get i think you really need to listen and read and get to the point where you're like okay now i'm good i know enough where now i'm gonna go throw some and make sure you really want to do it i see people that throw money at it and then they don't take any action but you got you got to make sure you're prepared and then that mentor can help you with some of the finer details and also motivate i went through this you know this this journey uh and really didn't have a mentor you know i, I was secret shopping and looking at other comparable properties and ran into an asset that was on the same street as mine so i went there as a potential tenant to to scope out the competition and and uh, i you know found an older gentleman who's was self-managing this asset for a long period of time you know and then once you know we got an opportunity to to talk and, and to know each other a little bit better he agreed to just meet with me from time to time and talk about why he's done this and why he's done that and what real estate has done for him. And then just here recently, so three and a half years into this uh, growing our portfolio, we went to our first multifamily boot camp down in Baltimore. And, you know, I, I spent $20,000 for a coaching program to be part of this 12 month long program. And it's played paid dividends. You know, it's uh, allowed me to focus a little bit more on myself and goals, goal setting, uh, learn a lot more about syndication, which I didn't have a lot of background in. That was one area we really wanted to learn, but also it's allowed me to introduce and introduce me to this partner that we now have a really, really strong asset. That's going to uh, really produce some really great income for our, our family and our, our management company for years. So it's paid, it's paid for itself 10 times, but I would just say, make sure you really want to do this and you have as much information as possible before you go and throw some resources into that definitely definitely so here you go that's an answer for you guys i i think one of the warren buffett's quotes i mean it's floats on the internet he says uh the inv investment in yourself will always pay the best dividends or something like that so yeah. definitely but what you mentioned what you know george mentioned like you have to be full in making sure that you're going to take action upon you know that investment you know which is 20k it's it's for some of the people it's a lot of money so I think it's for a lot of money for everybody. Yes. So, so again, you know, can we talk about something a little bit different? You know, for a person who is watching and thinking like, oh my God, 20K, that's my like one year salary. You know, like it's it, like, I cannot do this. Like I would love to, but I can't, but maybe I can scrape 20 bucks in my pocket and get a couple of books. So what three business or non-business books, real estate books, would you recommend for people to go and grab? Yeah, to be honest with you, I went growing and learning in this um yeah i didn't read a whole lot of books you know the rich bad rich dad poor dad you know uh but i just listen to tons of podcasts uh, you know with with four kids and and a job and all these properties you know i didn't even have an opportunity to read so um i would say the podcasts you know rich dad poor dad there's tons of literature out there that um multi-family platform i'd say but people are busy moving this way i mean i had podcasts in as i'm driving uh, mowing the grass you know you name it doing things around the house i'd have a pot you know these earbuds in and and just listen to as much as i could and that's kind of how i got to the point i am right now and um so yeah got it got it so yeah i mean there's so much information available out there 
like physically, like you can get an ebook, you can listen to audiobook, like you can go and listen to the podcast, like YouTube, like there's so much information out there now available. So for somebody, you know, to find an excuse is going to be tougher than just to find the right information, you know, <laughs> because it's just so much available now. And it's most of the stuff is even like free. Yeah. So, and I, you know, and not to inter- sorry to interrupt, but no, you know, get on, get on, get on social media and, and, and follow people. Cause there's people out there putting out awesome content every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so I would highly recommend that. And then go to some meetups. I, again, I went to a couple meetups, um, you know, starting about two years ago and I'd go, you know, every other month, you know, as my schedule with my children and stuff allowed. And I ran into a guy there that, uh, we're partnering partner on a deal that's uh, in underwriting right now I manage 15 of his assets we're looking to maybe expand into the Pittsburgh market with him because I went and met with him and we've had we had conversations we went and grabbed a beer like those are the sorts of things that really people need to do yeah to, to take action and you don't have to be a millionaire to hunt you know or you don't have to have thousands of units to go to a meetup group you can just go and learn and talk to people yeah, got it. So you kind of answered a uh, uh, next question that I wanted to ask, you know, for the people who are starting, because, you know, some of them might think like, oh, like I learned the books, I went to the seminars, I invested into this mentorship, and now I'm ready to take action. And they think like, okay, I'm going to be the guy and I'm going to be the guy who's going to go there and do stuff. Or should they still consider getting a partner as well? Yeah, we, we formed a partnership and we formed it because, um, I always said, people go, why are you, why are you getting a partner? Why ain't you doing this deal by yourself? And like, I'd rather have a percentage of something than a hundred percent of zero. Yeah. Meaning if you can't take deals down because you don't have enough of the resources, there's nothing wrong with having a, a percentage of that asset versus having a hundred percent of it. Because if you can't take it down, it's, you're not going to get anything from it. So yeah, we formed our first one with a, a group of investors uh, that I knew from working at the Y and, and form that partnership. We're now in our third year of that. And we have uh, 11 total units. And again, then from there, I'm a, I got into uh, with my accountant, uh, my brother-in-law, my father, all different LLCs. And now this, this gentleman from New York and uh, another one from Pittsburgh. So it just, it takes time. And we're, we're still buying assets ourselves, my wife and I, and we're keeping them in our, our you know, own LLCs. We own them 100%, but then some others from a cash flow standpoint, Hey, let someone else come in with the equity piece. We'll manage the asset. We'll take the deal down. And we still have a, a percentage of some sort of really strong investment. So I would recommend it. Uh, make sure you know the person you're, you're getting involved with. You know, make sure you, you trust them. Have a very clear understanding of expectations. Have an operating agreement. All those sorts of things. What is the criteria? Because in today's markets, you need to be able to take action fairly quickly. And if you have a relationship already built, you understand what some of your investment criteria is. If you see an opportunity, you can then capitalize on it much quicker than saying, hey, I have this opportunity, guys, let's go take. And then from there, you lose out on that opportunity because mm-hmm. you weren't ready to take action. Yeah. So, yeah. so for the, me- other thing I would, the other thing I would say, too, is I've seen people like my first syndication deal more than likely is going to be as a, as a, a junior level where I'm just given some resources and I'm not really the managing, you know, uh, partner, you know, I want to get in and learn from these individuals, how they've communicated to me as an investor. So I'm going to learn through being a passive piece in a larger syndication deal. Yep. I have other folks that say, Hey, I want to get involved. So you can either do that 
or you can get in and you can do a turnkey. Everybody's out there doing turnkey. That's something we started doing. We're offering turnkey multifamilies in our market to investors that want to invest. And then that comes with management. So someone to me say, hey, George, we, you know, we don't have an asset. We want to have an asset. We will sell them one of our, one of our assets, a duplex or triplex, and then we already have management in place and tenants in place. So some people are looking at that turnkey model as a way to get involved with some, a smaller, smaller unit, not like a big apartment building, where they own it exclusively, and then we just manage it for them. So th there's no reason why anybody can't get in. Someone can get in into a flip property. Someone can get into a duplex themselves that they may want to take down. Someone can do that with management in place. Someone can do turnkey, or someone can be a, a, a minority investor in a you know in a, a larger syndication deal. Mm -hmm. Got it. So coming back, you know, to the partnerships, like you've been involved into real estate for four years now, owning 158 again, managing 158 um, you know units. What do you think, uh, would you be after, because it's been four years, it's, it's like very impressive, you know, what you did in those four years. What do you think, would you have been at the same level in four years if you didn't have a partnerships? No, we'd probably be, uh, we'd have around 85 units, 85 units are what my wife and I own exclusively. And the others are through partnerships with others. So here you go, guys, that's answer, you know, going alone or, or doing with a partnership. So it's, it's a very, very clear. So, okay, let's talk about something fun here. I mean, having 2020 year, February 9th, I'm just looking at the calendar. So February 9th. So can you talk about the business personal goals that you have for your business for this year? Can you share some of those? Yeah. So, you know, measurable ones would be, you know, we're looking to get up to 200 units by the end of the year. Uh, we're all, you know, my goal was a hundred, hundred units and then it was, okay, now my goal is to replace my W2 income, uh, based on, on the, the, the real estate. And, uh, so our, our measurable goal this year is to, uh, to get to 200 units and to expand into another, another market. Uh, where again, we're in Western Pennsylvania now. And, uh, so we're looking at other options right now. Uh, so, and then the third one would be to be part of a, a syndication deal, whether it's as a, as a, a general partner or, a, you know, a limited partner. Awesome. Great goals, great goals. And I'm sure I'm, you, you're going to reach them and beyond, you know, like I, I know, like, you know, for some of you who are watching and thinking like, oh my God, just an additional 50 units on top of what, what you have. I mean, it's work. It's a lot of work, like syndications and like, you know, you, it's not the first time you guys watching, you know, something like this, you understand there's a lot of moving pieces and, you know, again, with the timing where we are in the market, so, you know, and tougher to find good deals now. So, you, you know, it's, it's, it's not that easy, but, you know, you're going to make it, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So, so, okay. So can you talk about some of the marketing uh, tools that you use could be, you know, on the social media level or something that helps your business, you know, kind of a software or something that just makes your life easier on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. You know, initially our number one focus is, our assets and the people in those assets, our residents. We don't even like to use them the term tenants. We consider them residents. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're in the business of customer service here. Yeah. You know, we have people that are paying us money to live in our in our properties and they're making them their home. So yeah. our number one focus at PPI is to make sure that the people that are are living in, in our, our in our buildings are one hundred percent satisfied. Because what happens are those people stay. And so much easier to retain your people than it is to go out 
and find find new tenants or new residents that take their place. So number one focus is uh, our people because they stay and they also then refer their friends. We have tons of that happening where they'll refer their friends. They're moving out because their doctorate program's over and they're telling their professors, they're telling their uh, the chair of their departments about us. And then those those chairs, those individuals from the universities are actually then referring other future students to us, which is huge. Uh, our social media presence, you know, is, is good. It could be better. Um, but again, we haven't seen a whole lot of uh, return as far as residents go and le leasing with us because of our social media presence. Uh, uh, we see, again, our platform is one. We'll, we'll list our, our vacant units and we'll post those uh, to Zillow and Trulia and HotPadsApartments.com through our software. Our software uh, is now uh, operational. It's called Buildium, and Buildium is a property management software systems that uh, our investors can get in and log in and see the owner portal. Our tenants can go in and pay rent. They can pay utility bill back. They can pay any sort of charges through that. And it's strong, real strong from an accounting standpoint. So yeah, so, so from marketing, it's just really our, our units that are out there. And then from the investor side of things, it's things like we're doing here with you today, getting out there and spreading the word that, you know, PPI is looking for people that are looking for turnkey properties. Uh, PPI is available to consult, to help people uh, with their growth in real estate and when opportunities present themselves for them to get involved in either one of our deals or, uh, you know, buy a, a turnkey from us, then we have that ability. So that's one, uh, Grow, uh, business development growth that you know, we're going to have here this first quarter, second quarter of 2020 is to, to build our awareness uh, on our social media about the investor side of TPI. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, sounds definitely exciting. So for people who are looking to get, you know, more in touch, if they have, you know, any sort of a questions or they are looking to in, invest with you, you know, passively, what's the best place for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, our, our website, uh, progressivepropertyinvestments.com, uh, progressivepropertyinvestments.com. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, we're on Instagram. Uh, our operations manager, Ben, uh, typically manages a lot of those sorts of things. So we have updates on uh, units that we have available. We have updates on what we're working on as far as projects. We provide and share other information to, as investors. We would uh, we feel our, our good information and uh, knowledge. So we're, we're here to, to grow. Uh, people's knowledge base and also uh, their their awareness of us. Awesome, awesome, beautiful, beautiful. So, guys, you know, you're gonna find all the links down below. You can connect with George and make sure you know that you're well prepared with your questions. I mean, you can find a lot of answers now on Google. It, you know, ask your Siri; she she knows a lot. So you know, but uh, you know, go in contact with them. Ask some questions. I know you have some uh, great you know investments coming up. You know, in in the near future. So. You know, anything related to that, go and, you know, get into contact with them. You know, I really enjoyed the show. You know, I, I still can feel you, there's so much more that you can give. You know, we kind of uh, scratched the surface here. So, again, you know, guys, if you want to get in contact, do that uh, and talk with, with George. And really appreciate you being today on the show. And, guys, again, if you enjoyed it, like, subscribe, and I'll see you on the next episode. And really, George, appreciate you being here today as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.